Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Trend zone, folks, the NFL trend zone. We are two weeks away from the kickoff of the NFL when the Kansas City Chiefs host the Detroit Lions. And thereafter, we'll have 18 weeks of gloriousness, 17 football games per team, a bunch of playoffs and a Super Bowl. Uh, tis the season. So what I've asked the group today to do tonight is study up on all the week one matchups and one by one over the next two weeks, we're going to go through every matchup in the uh, regular season, except for, excuse me, in week one. Uh, we want to see what we like about those matchups, what the most interesting ones are, and basically scope those out one by one. I'm here with Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, and Jason Bolin. Those are the dudes coming at you on this Wednesday evening, probably Thursday or Friday by the time you're listening to this. But it's week one. It's a foot, not far away. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all of your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use this promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is free money, people. Bet online where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone Week One is about two weeks away. Um, the first game is September seventh when the Kansas City Chiefs host the Detroit Lions. So I've asked the group to study up or just offer their knowledge pre-existing on all of these matchups. I think we have time for about half tonight, half next week. We're just going to shoot from the hip, game by game, go down the line. I'm going to start with Wes. And the very first matchup, which everybody will watch, is the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. And that is Thursday night football, sir. Totally open-ended. What are you looking for in that matchup, whether it's fantasy or vibes or anything? What do we got? Uh, Looking for a few things in this one. Uh, One, I think the utmost for a lot of uh, fantasy managers and people is who is going to be uh, the second guy in Kansas City to catch passes from Patrick Mahomes. We all know that Travis Kelsey is um, the end-all, be-all at tight end. And uh, after that, though, it's it's kind of open-ended. Um, they have uh, second-year Sky Moore. Uh, they have Marcus Valdez-Scanling. Those two will probably start. Um they have Kadarius Tony, who's on the field and off the field. Um, he plays, he gets injured. He plays, he gets injured. He plays, he gets injured. Um, they have Justin Ross. They have uh, Richie James, who played the slot in New York. Uh, I think he might play the slot in Kansas City uh, to start. And then 
uh, Watson is another guy uh, who's uh, been on the roster already. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Generally, this first week game is competitive. Um, I don't think Detroit is there yet uh, to challenge Kansas City. I think this should be a fairly easy game for them. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, if Detroit also has what it takes to, um, you know, compete, compete against some of the upper echelon teams. Did you get Raji Rice in there? Raji Rice. Yeah. That's yep. the other one. The other, yeah. yeah. So basically now they have like a big roster battle too, because we just named off like seven and then they have Vikings legend Amir Smith Marset. So uh, it's like somebody, unless they keep seven wide receivers, is probably going to be on the outside looking in. Whether that's Richie James or Watson, um, unless they just keep a whole bunch of wide receivers, I guess that's always possible. The Vikings kept seven one year, um, but this is not a Vikings show, so we'll move on to Cody for Chiefs Lions. Yeah, uh, Detroit, we got them debuting a new look offense at Kansas City. We got more expectations for Detroit than in any time in recent history as shown by the league opening them on, or opening with them against the champs. I'm curious to see the running back rotation in Detroit because if it works, man, the league is going to have trouble against this offensive line, the two backs, the sun god Amon Ross St. Brown, <laughs> and the new toy Sam I Am Laporta. I mean, if these two running backs pop off, Detroit's definitely going to be a team to reckon with. And they have a chance to make a lot of noise against Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champs. With Kansas City, their moves this summer, I think, have gone under the radar. They retooled their tackles, so I'm interested to see how this new-look offensive line holds up against uh, the Lions defense. I'm also excited to see uh, how the Lions defense and a couple of their new additions look against this highly functioning Kansas City offense. Uh, Wes named off these receivers who are all good at different things. This is a team that can kill you, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. Where, wherever you're weak at, they're going to find it and they have someone, you know, an ace to expose that. Um, but Kansas City's also relying on youth to step on de- on step up on defense. Uh, is, is Detroit's defense going to hold them back again? Is Kansas City's defense going to hold them back? I mean, this is an also a team or a game that could be pretty high scoring right off the rip. Uh, if they punch Kansas City's offense in the mouth week one, the narrative in Detroit will be full blown madness. It's the hype train's going off the rails. <laughs> it's kind of funny how uh, some of the off season statistics that came out really showed that the Chiefs were dink and dunk last year, especially compared to how they used to be, and now. Now that means everything could dunk is awesome. They're like, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's the way. That's Andy Reid for you. They want a Super Bowl, baby. And it's like, all right, all right. Now we like dink and dunk. Uh, that, yeah. That's that's Chiefs do it. It's cool. Uh, welcome, Andy Reid's a ge- Andy Reid's a genius <laughs> for doing it. <laughs> We're talking yeah. Chiefs Lions, uh, and you can talk whatever you want, whether it's vibes, what you expect from the Lions, a prediction, fantasy. What do you got for Chiefs Lions, Jason? Well, God, I expect a shootout, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, but obviously, inevitably, the Lions will lose. So that's that's about the just to that. But what a game to walk in on. You don't you guys don't think that there's any way the Lions can beat them, do you? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think Andy Reid has some crazy like off a of bye week and opening day stat. I, I believe I've heard it somewhere, but I also don't think Detroit has it in them. God, but what 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 a game for an upset, because didn't they? They 
Didn't they win last year opening night against a pretty formidable opponent too? Or was that the year before? Who? The the Lions. Mm, opening night? I don't think they've been on opening night recently, have or, they? Oh, not opening night, but opening day. Oh. Maybe it was like the first week of, of either last year or the year before. Or am I imagining that? Or was that some other team? <laughs> Let me keep talking. I'll go find it. I'll yeah, well, I, I am trying to trying to rack my brain about it around it. it. I don't know if it was that guy. I think it might have been somebody that beat the Packers. Oh, really? Well, what yeah, they they lost to the Eagles by three in week one. The Lions did. Yep. What yeah, about the made, year? They be- made it pretty close. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe, maybe that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, could have been. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a good game. It'll be a fun game to watch, I think. I hope. Mm-hmm. I do think the Chiefs will win, which is not a bold take at all. They're seven-point favorites. Um, what I can see happening is the traditional Chiefs model. They get down somehow 17 nothing, and then the Chiefs are like, all right, now we got to actually play. Uh, sometimes they like to do business like that, which is really weird. They can get away with it, but they can, and so sometimes they do that. Uh, what I'm most excited for is I hope the Lions get their face bashed in, and I hope <laughs> that they get humbled uh, because I know that they have roster talent, and I know that they were on hard knocks, and I know that everybody thinks they're going to win NFC North, but I just for the life of me can't understand how they, the Detroit Lions, have so much benefit of the doubt when they did, all they did last year was – finish eight and nine or whatever it was. I don't understand how that was so juicy. Everybody's favorite team. Now I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but I do understand that their defensive trenches and offensive trenches are great. And Jared Goff is apparently now a top 12 quarterback or whatever he is. So, yeah, but I need to see it first before I'm like, all right, these guys are winning the NFC North and we'll get a good peek at them in front of the, under the lights and in front of everybody in two weeks. The next game, Cody, let's do the Panthers traveling to the Atlanta Falcons, which I think you and Wes will be excited. It's got a lot of a lot of takes that you guys have intermixed throughout the summer. What do you got? Yeah, we've uh, we've been into these two teams. I've loved that they're facing off right off in uh, week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little more bullish on Carolina uh recently but i'm kind of easing off of that and atlanta's kind of coming away with the lead for me in that division but i love bryce young i i just don't think that his offense is up to snuff on a postseason attempt i'm expecting a lot of checkdowns in carolina uh they got a completely revamped offense down there for week one i'm watching to see how downfield this offense can get they just lost uh dj chart today does their best downfield threat so now you got mingo Thielen, and hurst they're all specialists around the line of scrimmage, especially with Thielen now uh, in the slot in Carolina. Uh, Mingo, not much farther downfield, maybe like center field. But uh, Bryce Young can be the best RPO QB in the league, but what about when they push the rock? Also, is Miles Sanders a three-down back? So I'm kind of watching that from Carolina. On the Atlanta side of the ball, this is my pick for the winner of the NFC South. How will the Falcons deploy their playmakers? Do they feature Pitts or Bijan as receivers? We know they have a great jumbo set with two of the better blocking tight ends in the league behind Pitts and overachieving Tyler Algier up front. So they got the groundwork for a ground and pound team. How are they going to use these blue chip prospects? How does the toppings of this offense come together? Can Desmond Ritter accurately deliver the rock? Drake London versus J.C. Horn might be the premier wide receiver cornerback matchup of the week and a budding rivalry for the uh, next couple of years to come. Wes, what say you Panthers at Falcons? Yeah, um, 
I'm interested in the quarterback play. Uh, Bryce Young, number one overall pick. A lot of question marks from people on him regarding his size. Can can he get it done uh, for a player at his size at the premier position? And then also the quarterback play from uh, second year Desmond Ritter. Um, A lot of the Atlanta weapons are, are being propped up in fantasy as kind of tops at their position or up and coming at their position. And the only way that can happen is with uh steady quarterback play. So um interested in seeing that. Uh also interested in seeing both of these defenses. Um uh, Carolina's had a, a young up and coming defense. I know we talked about them last year uh as a unit to watch out for and uh, I'm interested to see if if this is a defense that can uh, help keep them in the hunt for a division crown. And same thing will go for Atlanta. They added some uh, free agents over the off season and the offense looks to be built uh, pending, you know, some comparable quarterback play. So if the, the defense can come and step up, uh, I'm sure it'll help that offense out a lot. And, they have a head coach that wants to pound the rock. Uh, they have uh, two young backs that are outstanding, and then an older dynamic vet in Cordero Patterson that can do a lot of or a little bit of everything for them. So, yeah, Cordell, he's got to be he's got to be nearing the end though, doesn't he? <laughs> Man, he's getting better with age. Mm-hmm. What is he? Thirty two. 30, 31, 32, I want to say. Yeah, 32. He just turned 32 in March. So, yeah, he's he's turning into an ageless one. A Rick Spielman draft pick, no less. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, man, it seems like eons ago when he was <laughs> with the Vikings, doesn't it? Well, yeah, he was oh, supposed yeah. to be the next big wide receiver. And now he is like a RB3 for the Falcons. <laughs> By yeah. a bizarre. Sounds, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. All right, Jason, what do you got? Panthers, Falcons in Atlanta, Sunday the 10th. Well, you know, I mean, I, I have, there's so many unknowns with both of these teams right now. I just, I, I, I'm going to, I, I got to go, I got to go with the Falcon Falcons, Algier. I love Algier. I think that that guy is going to be, I mean, he primarily because I had him on fantasy was the only guy that got me any points last year. Um, credited me with my only win of the season. And I won by like a, a hundredth of a percentage point. I squeaked <laughs> that one out. <laughs> feel sorry for that poor guy that lost to me, but uh, no, the Falcons. And I'm curious to see with, but yeah, a battle of a couple of young quarterbacks should be a fun game to watch. Nonetheless. Um, I don't know that either one of these teams is going to amount to much this year, but it should be interesting to see. I am excited to see the debut of B. John Robinson. And, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh um, God. I want guy. to, I am supremely fascinated to see. I know he's going to be good, but I want to know if he is absolutely fantastic. I think we, I was spoiled as a kid. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson was drafted in 2001 and then Adrian Peterson came in 2007. And then I think we skipped. That was like six years apart. I don't think we had the next guy in 2013 or so. There's certainly good running backs. And then Derek Henry kind of is like that uh, to me he'll never ever be as close to adrian when it comes to the eye test so i think we're oh my the long story short we're overdue for a running back who acts absolutely makes you go holy shit 
like Adrian Peterson used to do, and certainly the Danian Tomlinson. I want to see if it's Bijan, and if it's not him, then we're probably not getting one again. Because we thought it was Zeke, Zeke, yeah, and then we yeah. thought Barkley, and you know, oh, there's yeah. been a couple, but. Yeah, there's guys certainly like fantastic, like Saquon, like that really are like, Jesus, guy is good. But there's just something totally different when you see those Adrian Peterson highlights that seem to circulate like once every two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And you're like, God, they just haven't had one since that. And I know Derrick Henry is so close, but I never have perceived Henry as having that absolute gangbuster speed that Adrian would have. And that's why that's why Henry doesn't have like whatever, 15 career touchdowns, over 50 yards, whatever it is. Uh, he's a damn good running back, but he's not Adrian. So I want to see. I know Bijan's going to be good and get Pro Bowls and stuff, but I want to know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer is kind of my my long story there short. Well, it, but to that last point, it's going to be real tough for any running back to crack the Hall of Fame anymore, I, I think. Don't you? Yeah, I think there's going to be – there's always going to be a special spot reserved for the top two or top three running backs in the sport, like Christian McCaffrey right now, yeah. and I'm hoping Bijan becomes one of that. So, yeah, I think I I want to say that there's room for the elites, and Bijan will start his quest to try to be one of those yeah. uh, in two and a half weeks. Should be exciting, man. A lot of hype behind him. <laughs> Amen. All right, we are two Bengals at Browns. Wes, I'm going to you first there. What do you like in that or what excites you? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh boy. Um, can Cincinnati start it off again? Um, they are reigning division champs, back-to-back division champs. Uh, they're, I mean, they had a target on their back last year. Uh, it'll be the same this year. I think their division got a little bit better uh, all around. Uh, this Cleveland team is, you know, supposed to prove something this year. Um, they get Deshaun Watson for a full year, and uh, you know they've added some some weapons. Uh, Elijah Moore uh, around Watson, including some drafting some wide receivers as well. So uh, it's kind of put up or shut up time for Cleveland. And for head coach Kevin Stefanski, um, I'm not seeing it in Cleveland this year. Uh, I think they'll be competitive, but I just don't think that uh, it will come to fruition for them. Uh, I believe Cincinnati and Baltimore will uh, be towards the top of this division, and Cleveland and Pittsburgh will be fighting out on the back end. Um so that, that's what I'm seeing, and that's what I'm looking for. Jason, Bengals at Browns. Bengals, I, and I don't think it's going to be any anywhere close. I mean, I don't think that the Browns are going to really amount to a bucket of piss, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, and maybe that's just part of me hoping they don't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a dang good storyline to open up the season. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Des- Deshaun Watson we're going to get. I, I don't know. until until I, there's no, You know what? 
between, and we talk about this every year when we predict playoff teams, like, what is it? What the percentage? 50% of them's not going to make it. Is it, is it 50? Yeah. So I I go into, you know, same kind of thing happens when we try to predict these games and kind of guess how these games are going to go. Because for Pete's sake, last year, through like week four or five, the teams with the best offenses all started in the bottom 10th or the bottom 10. Um, the bang, the Bengals were one of those mm-hmm. offenses that didn't get going until like week four or five. So, um, God, it's just, but I have to believe that, that, that the Bengals are going to, you know, come out and, and really show mm-hmm. Cleveland who runs that division. Cody, the Browns are burrow killers. Um, they've won five of the last, last six games against the Bengals somehow, and that kind of flies under the radar. Does that continue, or did the Bengals do the thing? Yeah, no, I think Cleveland's going to take this one. Uh, oh, wow. But uh, Cincinnati does need to come out hot in an uber-competitive AFC North, especially against these hyped-up Browns. Uh, Joe Burrow's offensive line is going to be what I'm watching from the Bengals. They signed offensive tackle Orlando Brown away from Kansas City to help against the Miles Garretts and the TJ Watts of the division. I do think Cincinnati takes a step back this year because of their moving pieces on defense. Uh, Smacking Cleveland in the mouth week one at their house would immediately relieve some pressure. Um, As for the other side of the ball, Cleveland is so hyped for this season they're all in on this season and we're now getting reports that they will fire Stefanski if he doesn't have success with Watson I've picked Cleveland to win this division personally um I with Nick Chubb finishing as the RB1 overall uh I'm opposite West to where I think that surprisingly it's going to be the Steelers and Cleveland battling at the top of this division with the Bengals and the Ravens hitting some road bumps and being part of that 50% do not return list um, Cleveland is absolutely loaded all over the field. And honestly, they have no excuses to fail. They're loaded uh, every area of the team. If Watson struggles in this one, sheesh. I mean, opening day against the Bengals at home. I mean, the Cle- Cleveland needs to take this one. And I do think they will and eventually be battling the Steelers for the division lead. I have the same thought uh, as Wes, and then from the first part of what you said, Cody, that if this season does not fetch a playoff berth for the Browns, it will be Stefanski who goes certainly because they can't get rid of Sean Watson, and it will be a lot simpler to say, well, Stefanski doesn't, he's he's the problem here, uh, because they can't do anything with Watson until at least what, two years from now, if it, mm-hmm. if it just never gets any better. So yeah, I think they at least have to make the postseason and then go from there. I think that would give Stavansky some job security. And again, uh, we've said it 100 times on this show that that division doesn't look like it has a bad team in it, unless you think the Browns are destined to be bad or uh, Wes thinks the Steelers are going to take a step back. But aside from that, um, both all teams are at least worthy of like nine and eight or better. And then mm-hmm. probably and then some, which is a little spooky. So it's it's one of those where we say that and then injuries will probably upset it. And two of the teams will be horrible because it really looks like a challenging division. Jacksonville at Indianapolis, Wes, what stands out? Uh, Anthony Richardson, obviously, <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of hype around him from his um, pre-draft measurables, um, having the best measurables of any quarterback ever. Um, 
to um, the Jonathan Jonathan Taylor news. Uh, you know, he's probably not going to be with the team. So this is uh, it's an interesting situation for him to step into. Um, if I were Jim Ursay, I wouldn't want this. I wouldn't want my franchise quarterback who needs time to kind of develop, um, who doesn't have the passing acumen of a lot of collegiate quarterbacks that come out uh, and needs that time to kind of get into a rhythm, establish himself, see uh, defensive fronts, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you'd like to have an all pro in the backfield to hand the ball off to, to alleviate some of that pressure. Uh, in in typical uh, drunk guy fashion, Jim Ursay blows the whole fucking thing up. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's, as a couple of ex-drunks on this show, we we know exactly exactly the type of fucking guy Jim Irsay is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that type of rant. It, I mean, it could unfortunately, like... Definitely I mean, the real deal, isn't he, Dustin? Obviously, Anthony Richardson is, is his own person, but I, I, I think it can't be negated that if Jonathan Taylor is not on this team, it's... It, it's a devastating blow to his development, in my opinion. I mean, he he's his own man, but having somebody like that to hand the ball off to any type of plus or positive asset that you can get on that offensive side of the ball is only going to help aid in his development and to subtract that from the team in his rookie year. Uh, I just, I don't see it as a, a benefit to, India and a benefit to uh, Anthony Richardson. I should say that when somebody like Ursay um, <laughs> spouts off like that with this uh, ex drunk dialogue, normally I like it because I can identify it and be like, oh, yeah, that's something I would do. Yeah. Uh, but in, here, in the here and now, it doesn't feel very pragmatic. It feels like, <laughs> oh, that's something I would have done like in 2010 and I could see right through it. Uh, so normally I'd be like, oh, yeah. But yeah, he seems like the real McCoy there um, with the. <laughs> so- what what uh, I must have missed it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and what happened with Taylor? Um, is he just holding out? Well, they a controversy ignited about a month ago. Um, or, like Taylor is right there in that running back market where he wants a deal, and yeah, yeah. um, and then I think he hinted at that he would want out, and Ursay said, "We're not going to trade him now. We're not going to trade him in October. He's staying." <laughs> and and then it's just been a war of words back and forth. And now I, I guess evidently he's been granted permission to seek a trade after Ursay said he wouldn't. And yeah, it's, it's all it's all horrible because Anthony Richardson will need all the help he can get. There's a reason we've never seen a quarterback with these measurables. It's because they're usually called edge rushers. And uh, <laughs> Anthony Richardson needs a lot of playing time to get to where he needs to be. And ideally, he'd have Taylor and some yeah. better wide receivers and a really, really good tight end. But you're looking at the prognosis of a bunch of meth wide receivers, no Jonathan Taylor, uh, drunk owner, all of aging this- O line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all seems like uh, almost like what the Bears did with Fields before they finally figured out how to use him a little bit. 
Yeah. But you're up, Jason. You got anything else to add on Jacksonville? No, no, at the no, no, not at all. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch, uh, continue to watch uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, develop and, and you know, what a lot of people think into a, uh, you know, a real formidable quarterback. And if and when that happens, some would say he's already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, gosh, that's just going to add one more dynamic quarterback to that AFC. Eventually, if we keep this rate up, the AFC isn't going to need to draft any quarterbacks. <laughs> well, especially if Caleb Williams goes there or Drake May or both. Well, yeah. I mean, eventually and- there, there won't be any more teams in the AFC that needs need to take quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's wild. Uh, it's good. The Cody, the guys that write over at on my side of the fence of Vikings territory are really high on Jacksonville. Um, a couple dudes said for bold NFL predictions that they're going to appear in the Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence is going to win MVP. Uh, my dude Josh Fry said the Jaguars are going to get the second seed in the AFC, and that was a separate from the guy who predicted the Super Bowl. So, uh, Jacksonville Colts, what do you think? I, I really like Jacksonville, they're my adopted team last year. Um, I got to start off with, is Calvin Ridley for real? Like, we're going to see that in this game. Apparently, all training camp, he has been. They got, it's so crazy that the Jaguars obtained Ridley for a conditional day two pick. He has been unstoppable. I want to see how Jacksonville deploys their playmakers in this game. They sound full-blown committee in the backfield. Tank Bigsby should capitalize on high-value red zone touches. Jermichael Hasty garnering the targets at running back. And then ETN as a between-the-20s type of guy. Who wins out between Zay Jones and Christian Kirk for the two-spot and wide receiver sets since, uh, since Calvin Ridley came to town? Can this offensive line hold up against a pretty great interior defensive line? If there is one downfall to this Jags offense, it is their offensive line. I do like the Jaguars a lot, but um, their offensive line is definitely going to have to make some adjustments, at least from last season. They did draft an offensive tackle, but they lost an offensive tackle. Um, They're starting dudes out of position. To me, that's going to be what holds the Jaguars back from the Super Bowl. And then on the Colts side of the ball, like, uh, who is stepping up for JT if he's not on this team? It, they they don't have anybody in the building that I'm uber confident in. Uh, can we maybe get Leonard Fournette in here, please? Uh, I make I'm, I'm ex- oh, go ahead. No, I'm excited oh. to see at least one big Richardson to Alec Pierce connection in this game. I think Alec Pierce is going to be super underrated with Richardson. They've already shown a deep ball chemistry a couple times this training camp. And then um, everybody's eyes are going to be on Richardson in this one, like Wes said. I think he's going to be great this year, but I'm really hoping to see him make like advanced reads and not just kind of running around like Justin Fields did last year. But also on the flip side, I want to see them move him around and like moving pockets and kind of show that, hey, instead of Anthony Richardson becoming that idea of what we think a quarterback is, Let's merge it with who Anthony Richardson is and play to his strengths. Um, Hopefully they deploy him in the same way they deployed Jalen Hurts last year, who was like the number one fantasy football quarterback in the league. And um, just a little personal note, please stop starting Isaiah McKenzie over Josh Downs in the slot. There's a best friend factor here going on. Josh Downs has been by Anthony Richardson's sides or side 
since they've been drafted, staying in the same hotels, throwing passes in the parking lot. Get Isaiah McKenzie out of there, dude. That guy is so anti-clutch. I mean, so many times last season, I remember watching a Bills game, and he's just letting down the team. <laughs> All right, so we got one more game to do, but next week we're going to have to split up the docket three games apiece per guy because we only got through six here. We got nine <laughs> left, uh, about nine. I'll have to count them up again. But we have, the just by complete accident, the Vikings-Bucks. We each get two minutes on Vikings-Bucks. Wes, go. I'm looking forward to seeing Bl- Brian Flores' defense. I will be at and you'll that be there, game, yeah. Flying in uh, my birthday on on the game day so i am excited about it i want to see seven sacks out of brian flores defense let's go seven (laughs) (laughs) well that's setting the bar high we'll take it jason uh box baker mayfield's buccaneers at the vikings Oh man, you know, uh, I'm I'm with Wes on that for your guys' sake. I know the torment that it must have been like watching the 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 defense of the Vikings last year um stemming from the mastermind himself and Vic Fangio and his protege and Ed Donatel. That's hogwash. All of it is. Watching that defense is painful. Painful. Um, so I too am excited to see Brian Flores. It's gonna be, I, I would have to imagine completely night and day um compared to what you guys saw last year. Um and uh and yeah, I'm excited to see what Baker can do in Tampa. You know, speaking of Tampa, it seemed like forever before we could finally get rid of Tom Brady. <laughs> now it seems like forever since he's played. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's the way I feel. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's because we are uh, embarking on life without him. Yeah, and so we, when, when we start sizing up, you know, any type of prediction or football opinion, we're like, well, we don't have Patriots as a front runner. We, we can't have the Bucks in there because he doesn't play anymore. Yeah. So I think it's yep. just the residual effect of his absence. Well, and then obviously, you know, I can't wait to see Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins do their thing too, because yeah. I don't think that I, I, there's nobody and. Uh, football that can stop those two that combo i didn't i haven't seen it done um and uh, those guys are electric to watch uh mine cody is indeed how quickly the defense starts to mesh i'm not convinced it's going to be just mesmerizing we're not lucky enough for that out of the gate but i do hope by week five or six that you know it's in the middle of the league and you know we're humming along and then I want to see if Jordan Addison does the thing right away. Uh, he doesn't need to like score two or three touchdowns for me, but I want to see him get targets, catch some passes, just so I know that he's not Laquan Treadwell. I don't think he is, but you know, just some PTSD there. I want to see him get acclimated. Uh, Cody, you got about three minutes now to talk about Bucks Vikings. Sweet, I got it. Um, and for for the Buccaneers side of the football, I'm watching Rashad White and Chris Godwin in this one. The Buccaneers they have a new offensive coordinator in Dave Canales from Seattle, and for him to have success this year, he's going to need to deploy both of these guys in the right situations. What is their plan for power running up the middle? Will they use Godwin as their X factor around the field instead of just around the line of scrimmage? And they also hired this guy to fix these problems so their QB will have a chance. Homer's bias. Keep an eye on number 44, Sean Tucker, in this one. In fact, my two favorite undrafted rookies are in this one, Sean Tucker and Ivan Pace Jr. for the Vikings. And then on the Vikings side of the ball, are the Vikings going to lead the NFL and pass the run ratio in 2023? A lot of people think so, and for good reason. My eyes in this one will be on newly minted first-round wide receiver Jordan Addison, like you said, 
And then also incumbent back Alexander um, Madison. If this Vikings team is going to fire on all cylinders, uh, they will need those two to just do their job. How will uh, target share percentage change for Hawkinson now that Addison is added to this team? And did you know who the top two wide receivers in the routes run last year were? JJ and Adam Thielen. And let me tell you, Adam Thielen separates about as well as two hairs in a biscuit. This Bucks D is still feisty, so I can understand some surprising box stats, but Madison having 13 attempts for 38 yards, sheesh, that's believable. That would spell trouble for a team that might need their defense to stay off the field. Yeah, I would, if anybody wants to bet on this panel or people listening, I don't think the Vikings will be number one pass ratio to run ratio because that was a point of emphasis to fix that. Uh, this offseason, they per play calling percentage ran the ball the third least last year, and they signed Josh Oliver to a substantial contract. And they've talked all season long about running the football more. So unless it's just, you know, warm, fuzzy words, I think they want to become one of those teams who's a little bit more balanced because they had serious time of possession woes last year. Uh, I still don't understand how they were 13 and four with uh, time possession way down towards the bottom of the league. I think it was 26th when it was all said and done. Very weird. There's a lot of weird stats from last year regarding the Vikings. Yeah, but that time of possession stat can be attributed to that defense mm-hmm. allowing, it's just like the Broncos defense. <laughs> we get, get to get get to third, third and four, and they're going to get it. <laughs> yeah. And milk entire quarters of football. Yep. I mean, next thing you know, you're looking at the clock and the first quarter's almost gone. <laughs> oh, good. oh, it's maddening. All right, gentlemen, uh, the clock is about to expire, so we'll talk to you next week. I'll divvy out three games apiece, and we'll be back in one week, all right? All right. Good, good night, guys. Take it easy. Later. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.